بسم الله الرحمن الرحیم لا حول ولا قوت الا بالله العلی العظیم الحمد لله رب العالمین صلی الله علی سیدنا محمد و آله طیبین اللهم اخرجنی من ظلمات الوحد و اکرمنی به نور الفه اللهم افتح علينا ابواب رحمتك فانشر علينا خزائن علومك برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين lessons which is about Islamic theory of ethics. This needs a separate book. And for, you know, a detailed study of Islamic theory of ethics, we need to have another, you know, course. But just some aspects of Islamic theory of ethics are highlighted here so that we keep remembering them throughout the course. One of them is what we have already touched upon and that is about importance of both actions and qualities. If you remember when we were talking about the subject matter of akhlaq, al-akhlaq, we said that in Islamic science of akhlaq, actions are very important, but more important than actions are qualities, are attributes, are characteristics, because they are more permanent. We said sometimes there can be cases that one action is crucial. If you don't do that action or you do it can change the history. But most of the time single actions are not as important as qualities. Qualities are very important. Because Alhamdulillah we already talked about it. This is very short. The second thing is that in Islamic theory of ethics intention is very important. You know, some moral philosophers have no place for intention in their theory of ethics. They say the end result is important. It's not important what is your intention. For example, if you are after welfare, if you manage to provide good welfare system, then that's morally good. What's your intention is not important. Kant was one of the moral philosophers. Of course, he's also metaphysist, but also he has done something on moral philosophy. He had the idea that intention is very important. And he was distinguishing between morality and prudence. And he was saying that an act becomes moral if it is done out of your sense of moral responsibility. So, so if shop, a shopkeeper, for example, is very kind, 
with clients, with customers, gives them always good, you know, products, doesn't charge them, you know, more than what is fair. But his intention is to attract more customers. He says, this is not moral. You are acting morally if you do all the good things just because you feel that this is your responsibility. Even if you know that it's going to harm you. For example, you tell the truth even if it's going to harm you. But if you tell the truth because you think if I tell the truth people would trust me and then my life becomes you know, better, <laughs> you are saying this is not moral. Anyway, he was one of the people who highlighted the role of intention. But he took it to extreme. We believe that intention is very important. We have hadith, for example, in the footnote, I have quoted this hadith from Amirul Mu'min Ali Salam. Anniyatu asasul amal. Niya is the basis of action, is the foundation. If you have no intention or you have no good intentions, you know, sometimes you may do things out of habit without intention. This is not good. Anything that you do it out of habit, you have to make sure that still you do it with understanding. If it becomes without understanding. For example, if you are living in a place where there is shrine, and whenever you see the dome, you say salam. Okay, it's a good habit. But if this habit then replaces understanding, so you become like a robot, that as soon as you see the dome or anything that looks like dome, you know, you say salam. This is not useful. It has to be with understanding. Ayatollah Mutahari has a very good discussion in his book, Ta'alim Tarbiyat. He says some people are against habits. They say, you know, nothing should be made into habits because then it would have no value. He says, no, we don't say like this. We say it's good to make good habits. But just to make good things easier. Not to make good things something that you do it as a robot. For example, if you don't have the habit of waking up early morning for Fajr or for Tahajjud, it's very difficult. But if you develop a habit, then it becomes easier. But still, you understand that you are waking up for Salah. It's not like a robot. You know? So it's good to make this habit. You make habit of, for example, reading Quran at a certain time every day. This is good to make it easy. But if the habit becomes something that replaces understanding and intention, and you do it just as a robot, that's not good. So, there must be intention. Secondly, there must be a good intention. A building needs foundation 
and needs a good foundation, not just any rubbish, you know, you put inside and then build your building on that. It has to be concrete. Yeah? Niyya is the foundation. You should have niyya and you should have very strong, firm, pure niyya. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said You must have heard this at this. Actions are judged, are valued based on the intention. Okay? Don't just look at the action. For example, if someone has made a small masjid, someone has made a big masjid, someone has made 10 masjid, which one is more important? Which one is more valuable? You cannot say, of course, the one which has made big masjid is more valuable. The one who has made 10 masjid is more valuable. No. You have to look at the intention of the people. Maybe the one who has made big masjid has no value. Because it was to show off. Maybe the one who made a little masjid was very sincere. And this was the only thing he could do. In Islamic theory of ethics, we don't judge actions by looking at the physics of the actions. We can only judge by knowing the intention. Therefore, many times we cannot judge. We leave it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We cannot say this action is acceptable or is not acceptable. Even we cannot say our action is acceptable or not. Ibrahim alayhi salam and Ismail, when they were making Kaaba again, they were restoring Kaaba. They said, Rabbana taqabbal minna. Please accept this promise. Even Ibrahim doesn't say, definitely this is going to be accepted. He is concerned whether this is acceptable or not. Yeah? You cannot say my action is definitely accepted or my friend's action is definitely accepted. You cannot also say it's rejected. It's not up to us to judge. When it comes to ourselves, we should do our best to make it acceptable. When it comes to other people, we should be very careful. As much as possible, avoid judging people and judging you know, about these things. <coughs> so, by looking at the physics of action, we cannot judge. There was a person in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who was killed in a battle. And people were saying that he is shaheed, he is a martyr. But then they were informed that he is shaheed al -hamar. He is martyred. He is martyred. Of course, he's not a real martyr, but just the irony was this. For a donkey. Because he went to take a donkey of enemies as booty. And then he was killed. He was not there to defend truth, to protect Muslims. He was just interested in getting something as booty. 
So, maybe you think he's a martyr, but Allah knows who is a martyr, who is not a martyr. You cannot judge. Then Rasulullah said, <laughs> For every person, what is achieved and remains, and every person can count on it, is what he has intention for it. If you have intention for doing good things, this would be useful for you. But if you do good things without intention or without good intention, it doesn't remain. Or if you have good intention and even you are not able to do it, still it's good. Yeah? Imagine you have intention of helping poor people, but you don't have money. But God knows that you are sincere. Yeah? Just you don't have money. This intention is valuable and you will be rewarded. Or you have intention, you look for poor people, but you cannot find them. You will be rewarded. You have the intention of going to Salat or Jama'ah, for example. But you go there, an imam today was ill, could not come. You get sabab because you had the intention. You have the intention of visiting your father, your mother. You go there, they are not home. You get sabab. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would reward you for any good intention, even if you were not able to implement it. So, in Islamic theory of ethics, intention is very important. But just having good intention is not enough. You have to make sure that you have also good action. You know, sometimes people with good intention, but they can do bad things. For example, I am not a qualified doctor. I see someone is ill, so I feel, you know, sad. I say, let me help him. I tell him something. My intention is good, but my action is not good. I can harm him. Or, for example, someone, you know, needs advice for business and for marriage, for some issue. I give him advice while I am not qualified. My intention is to help. This is not good. Sometimes a person is thirsty. Instead of giving him water, I give him poison, you know, liquid. I don't know. I don't make sure. I don't clean. This is not good. So, this is why our ulama say we need two things together. Al-husnul fi'li and al-husnul fa'ili. Goodness of action and goodness of the agent. Both are needed. Action has to be good. The agent also must be good in the sense that he has good intention. Okay? Now, you can better understand the Quranic concept of Amal Saleh. What is Amal Saleh? Amal Saleh is when the action is good and the agent is also doing it for good reason. If you feed 
poor people. If you give dress and clothes to the people who are in need, but without good intention. You want to just become popular. You want you know, to get vote of people. This is not amal salih. <coughs> or if intention is good, but amal is not good. This is not also good. So, we need both. Intention has to be good, and the action has to be good. Of course, there, have, there are lots of discussions here, but we just mentioned this much. The other thing is that in Islamic theory of ethics, we have self-love as a very important motive, you know, hubbudzat, self-love. There is a discussion here, but I make it very short. Many scholars, Muslim scholars say, those who have discussed this issue, those who have addressed some philosophical issues about ethics, they say that we human beings do things out of self-love. Because we love ourselves, then we want to do something good for ourselves. They say, whether you are a good person or bad person, you want to do something for yourself. But if you are a person who is insightful, you consider your long-term interests, long-term well-being. Therefore, you don't cheat. You don't harm people. You do good things. Sometimes you sacrifice your comfort, but still you want to secure your long-term interests. Even, for example, if someone is obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they say it's again for hubbudzat. Because you know by obeying, to, obeying Allah, you are gaining reward. You are improving yourself. You are getting closer to God. Anything goes back to you. Even if you give your money, even if you give your life, they say it's for hubbuzat. So if you really want good of yourself, be moral, be pious, be obedient. Okay? Even a mother that sacrifices her comfort and sometimes her life for her children, they say, still, it's because of self-love. Because mother would love her child as part of her love for herself. Of course, in a good sense, not in a selfish sense. This is a very common view among many of our scholars. So they say everything goes back to self-love. But I have another idea and over years I have discussed with some people and I have discussed it in many classes. And I think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put in us hubbudzat, no doubt about it. And this is shared to some extent with animals. Animals also have hubbudzat. Birds have hubbudzat. We have greater hubbudzat. But 
I think Allah has put in us independent love also for others. It's not that we love others for our own sake. I think we can love others for their own sake. And this is, the, I think, the way Allah has created us. It's not that whenever you want to do something good for others, you think, even if it is quick, but you quickly think, what is the benefit for me? If I see a person who is hungry, it's not that I give him water because I want to get reward, for example. If my father, for example, is thirsty and I give him water, it's not that I want him to love me or I want Allah to love me. No, I think that in us there is something that motivates us to do good to others, not thinking about what would be the result for me. It's possible. Many times we calculate. You know, many times people do everything with calculation. As even if they give you a cup of water, they want something instead to get either from you or from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <laughs> but I don't think this is necessary. There are people who do good things because these are good things. And actually, I think this is a sign of progress that if we reach the point that we can do good things without expecting any reward. I'm not saying you will not be rewarded, but you should not expect a reward. You know? So, if you give your money, if you give your life to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you do ibadah, if you pray to Allah, it's possible that you do these things because you love them. You have heard this famous saying of Amir al-Mu'mineer salam that he says, وَجَدْتُكَ أَحْلًا لِلْعِبَادَةِ فَعَبَدْتُكَ I found you a person who deserves ibadah. And I worshipped you. I didn't do it out of fear from hell or out of, you know, hope for ever. <coughs> Just, I found you are the one to be worshipped, to be served. You deserve this. So, in my understanding, I might be wrong, but I think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put in us self-love, but in addition, He has put in us also love for others independently. So, you may help others and you are triggered by self-love, or you may help others and you are triggered by love for others independently, genuinely or you can say per se. I think also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put in us love for certain things regardless people. For example, I think we have love for beauty. No matter whether this beauty is mine or not, is going to help me or not. You know, when you see a beautiful flower, a beautiful scenery, or even if you hear that there is such a beautiful, for example, you know, 
flower or animal, you know, or jungle, for example, in another part of the world. I think we are creating the way that we open, we become, you know, welcoming, we become appreciative about beauty. Even if I'm not going to have any experience of that beauty or I'm not going to gain anything and I'm not going to own it. You know, we love good things. We love knowledge, even if we are not going to gain practically from that knowledge. We love people who have knowledge. And I think this is the way that Allah has created us, that we have love for truth, we have love for knowledge, we have love for beauty. We want to love and we want to be loved, both of them. You know, people normally think we need to be loved. And I agree that we need to be loved. But I say we also need to love. A human being who doesn't love is like a human being who cannot breathe, who cannot, you know, continue his life. Unless you love, you cannot carry on as a human being. So, this is a very brief discussion about self-love and love for other people in Islamic theory of ethics. And then I said we have genuine desire for the good of others. When we see someone is happy, I become happy. Not because I am gaining anything for myself. Just seeing others happy make me happy. And seeing other people suffer make me suffer. Yeah? Allah has created us in the way. Maybe this one aspect of being Khalifatullah. That if any creature of God is happy, we should be happy. If any creature is sad, we should be sad. The other thing is that in Islamic theory of ethics, we serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but serving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not only by doing some acts of worship for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Serving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very broad and comprehensive. You can do anything good and your intention can be serving God. Yeah? You know, imagine, for example, if you love a person and you want to do something for him, you can do it for him, you can do it for his children, you can do it for his parents, you can do it for his friends, you can do it for his town, you can do it for his country, you can do it for his religion, you can do it for his, I don't know, home. All can be something for that person. If you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you don't need just to build the masjid or just to pray Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you just go to Hajj. These are all very important. But you can help a servant of God and say, I have done it for you. Even you can do something good for yourself and you to say to Allah, I have done it for you. If you improve yourself, if you try to be a good person, again, this is for the sake of Allah. Anything good that you do it in this world, 
you can have the intention of doing it for the sake of Allah subhanahu You can even look after your children for the sake of God. Actually, a servant of God should be like this, that even for his own eating and drinking, he has the intention of serving God. He says, because I am a servant of God, then I need to survive. So I have to look after myself. I have to also look after other servants of God. So anything we do should be for the sake of God. And this is a, you know, alchemy. Anything with this intention becomes sacred. Anything we do, anything we say, if you add this intention of for the sake of God, then it becomes sacred. And it would remain forever. Everything finishes and expires except face of God. And what is face of God? Face of God is something through which you try to turn to God. So face of God can be your prayer. Face of God can be your zakah. Face of God can be visiting ill people. Anything that you try to do for the sake of God is where you can face God. God doesn't have any direction or any geographical or physical you know, presence. God is everywhere. In any moment, in any place, under any circumstances, you can find Vajhullah. Just you have to open your eyes. Just you have to be attentive. Just you have to have the intention of doing something for the sake of God. I think our time is over. Inshallah, we continue next week. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillah rabbil